We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. The Lakers, their furious rally, it comes up short in the end. They fall to the Dallas Mavericks, a game when it looked like the Lakers, they came all the way back. They were down 20 at one point, a 30 to 13 fourth quarter. It looked like the Lakers were going to pull off the comeback, but Bad possessions down the stretch and missed free throws proved to be their undoing. Lakers went three straight possessions without scoring and missed four straight free throws. Absolutely brutal, brutal stuff. The way this game played out for much of it, folks, I thought the Lakers weren't all that interested in playing basketball for a good chunk of the game tonight. Looked disinterested, certainly didn't have the energy on the defensive end. The offensive rebounding or the defensive rebounding from the Lakers side, it was atrocious. I was thinking that this was going to be a, a Dallas blowout. When we were about midway through the third quarter, we were looking ahead to football games for tomorrow. My buddy KO was texting me some fantasy football trades, and then lo and behold, sparks of life from the Lakers. They start coming back. They start draining threes. They start getting stops. But unfortunately, just wasn't enough. It was too little too late and too many mistakes made down the stretch in this one um we'll get into the chat in just a moment matt the optimist peralta will be joining me shortly but tough tough way to head into thanksgiving for the lakers to drop that game when it felt like the momentum was all going their way and that they were going to ultimately pull off this big epic comeback to head into the holiday weekend but did not get the job done frustrating i know you guys are frustrated I'm certainly frustrated after that one, and we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about. To go over some of this, the stats real quick. Oh, there he is. Maybe we do need some optimism. Mm. Matt, the optimist, how are you doing? Um, sorry, I'm late. Uh, needed a sec to compose myself before I came on the air. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah, um, I didn't want to to bring too many negative vibes into the space of healing and in decompression, Trevor. So <laughs> you you really you really gave gave this some thought. Um, this was 
Like, how do you, mm. how do you feel right now in the moment, Matt? In the moment after seeing that, and especially knowing what happened against the Mavs last season, how are we feeling uh, right now? Um, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since I feel like I've done a relationship analogy, so I feel like this this calls for one. Um, okay. yeah, no, it just kind of feels like I got stood up on the date a little bit, Trevor. Like, like you got all excited. Like at first you, like you got the date with that girl that you didn't think you could, mm-hmm. right? That all that she's giving you the cold shoulder. You think you've got no shot. And then suddenly she shows interest. That was the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. Yep. Suddenly the Lakers were interested in playing basketball and suddenly things started going their way. And just when you think, just when you think you're going to wind up going out on this date with this girl, you get all dressed up. You're all ready. And then she doesn't show up. That's did that's my, what happened. That is a good one, Matt. I like it. Yeah, did my hair, did my makeup, everything, and I get to the door and I get the text saying she's she's not she's no longer available, and and here we are, Trevor, sad, cold, and no longer have a date to Thanksgiving lunch slash dinner tomorrow. You you did your makeup, huh? That was an exaggeration. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still I'm still processing and sad, but I did do my hair, so. Um, okay, so Darvin Ham says the reason why he didn't call timeout at the end, which I know will be a big topic of discussion, is because he didn't want the Mavs to be able to sub in their defensive players. That that does make some sense. And they I, got this, they got the matchup. They got they wound up with Kyrie on LeBron. Mm-hmm. Like you got really what you wanted there. And then LeBron tried to force a pass to AD that frankly wasn't there. See that that's what I thought was more egregious than the no timeout call. Honestly, I'm I'm situationally, of course, but generally speaking, I'm in favor of coaches not calling the timeout and just kind of letting the game go. Um, the Lakers had all that momentum in the fourth quarter. Um, they were scoring pretty well against the Mavs unit that was on the floor. So I think there is some credence to what Darvin was saying about not letting the Mavs sub in players. Um, but I think it was fatigue from LeBron because yeah. I think he went a little Pretty bit early in the clock. Yeah, I, especially on the fourth quarter in that last play, right? He, I thought he passed the ball a little bit too Obviously, if you can get a lob or a dunk like that to AD early in the clock, you do it. But there were two people there. I think they expected it. Um, and yeah, you know, just not not great late game execution from the Lakers here. Obviously, we should still give them some credit for making this a game. Um, mm-hmm. Hashtag fake comeback. But it felt a little bit different from the fake comebacks because they actually got a lead and just happened to let go of the rope in like the last minute and a half or so. So um, I'm happy that the team is competitive, but it just sucks that it takes them going down by like 20 points until we get this version of them. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate part. Now, Omara said, I'd rather lose by 20. I can't get there. I can't do it. I, I can't get there because see, you know what? Like I was concerned that the, the narrative all around the Lakers was going to be, they can't beat good teams if they get blown out by the Mavs. And that's going to be a perpetual thing, right? And -hmm. people will still say that, but I I saw a team that was not focused, didn't have energy, and they were on the second night of back-to-back. The Mavs were not. And then when they turned it on, when they did have energy, it looked like they saved some gas in the tank for the fourth quarter. Things changed very, very quickly. The way they played changed very quickly. Their, Their attention to detail and defense, everything they were doing changed. So... I don't look at this as evidence that, oh, the Lakers just can't beat good teams. They Yes, they lost, but when they were really losing, I, I looked at it, it, they looked like a totally different team than the one we're used to seeing. They just, they did not play with much energy or energy or, or efficiency. And that has actually become 
something of a trend mm-hmm. where we know, like I, I kind of knew coming into this game that we were, it was going to be a low energy game for the Lakers because it was second night of a back-to-back. Sure. We've seen two different versions of this team. We've seen a low effort version, low energy version of this team. And then we've seen the team that we saw, say, last night against the Jazz. They tried to turn into that team for just the fourth quarter, like really push down on the gas pedal. And it almost worked. But I can't look at this and say, this is another example of why the Lakers you know, simply can't beat good teams. I think if the Lakers were playing, let's say the Lakers were playing tomorrow against mm-hmm. the Mavs, and the game played out the same way, they win this game. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I, I think I have two things here I want to mention. Um, one's a joke, and it's because right. the Lakers were not playing an in-season tournament game. Um, the Lakers, for whatever reason, are just incredibly better when the when there is some stakes involved. And so, the right. 500K. I, I, I'm just saying, man, like, someone's got to tell the team every game counts for the in-season tournament. It, it might do wonders. But on a serious note, um, I don't know if you agree with this premise, but I've started to think about it more and more in the past couple seasons, and today was a really good example of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not strangers to LeBron James kind of load managing in game. Yep. Um, yes, we know like he didn't play the fourth quarter last night. Uh, I think he only played like 24 minutes total, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, and so obviously he was, you know, for better, like he was more well rested on a back to back than normal, but. Um, for whatever reason, I think the team seems to adopt the same mindset of pacing themselves um, yep. and then kind of following LeBron's lead, which um, a little alarming if that's the case. This is just me spitballing, but it does kind of seem like until LeBron decides to kick it in gear, no one else does. And yep. I think that's going to be an issue all season. Honestly, Matt, I think it's been that way for years. Yep. I think that's been a thing for years. They've they If LeBron is fired up, Everybody else, because if LeBron's fired up, LeBron's making the extra efforts. Um, nobody else has an excuse. The man's 38 years old. If he makes the extra effort, everybody else has to. LeBron, there were moments in the first half where um, he didn't bother closing out to open shooters. He stopped, just looked at them, yep. rather than take a step or two and close All out to them. Series. Yep. And and then the, the the rebounds that the team was giving up, though they often follow LeBron's lead. If LeBron isn't boxing out, nobody else does. They follow LeBron's lead in terms of the energy of, of the team, the effort level they play with, the the give a crap if you want to. Um, LeBron turned it up late. The no surprise, the rest of the team went right along with him. He is definitely um, the the talisman for this team. He is everybody follows what he does. No, agree. Um, it kind of sounds like a no do when you explain it like that, but I, I, for whatever reason tonight just seemed like. I don't know. It was like a light bulb moment for me, but also I should, I feel like we should also mention too. I think the Derek Lively absence really hit, hurt the Mavericks after he went out. That's true. Uh, he I was hope he's them, okay. Me too. He d- it did not look good. Um, I think our own Daniel Starkan said that it wasn't too serious. I think it was like a contusion or something. So oh, hopefully good. that's the case. Um, and he doesn't miss too much time, but I, I thought he was giving the Mavericks really good minutes, obviously on the offensive glass and just being a rim runner, rim protector. So um, I think the Lakers caught a little bit of a break there with him out. So that also feel the comeback, but you know, ultimately the result wasn't what it was, and that's just gonna that's gonna be a little bit painful until they play again on Saturday. All right, let me get into a few chat questions, then we'll take a peek at the uh, the box score. Face reality said, "I blame AD. Ten points, he gets twenty points, we win. That's simple." Yeah, it was weird. He, there were like I don't know, man. Like the broadcast made 
a whole point to emphasize that the Mavericks are the worst paint defensive team in the league. And yeah. that is like the Lakers bread and butter. And for AD to only have 10 points is uh, not great, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, not, not great at all. I mean, 10 points uh, on the night for AD. You saw uh, 4 of 10 shooting, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, but 10 points for AD on the night. Now, I will say there were there were some possessions where I thought the Lakers, they didn't even attempt to get the ball to AD. Rather yeah. than, you know, didn't find him in the post. Didn't There were moments where I thought he could. In fact, the, the little runner that Torian Prince hit late, which thank goodness he hit it, AD was there for a lob underneath. Didn't throw that, but again, Prince hit the runner, so you take it. But uh, I, and some of that is on AD. Some of that is give me the damn ball. Yep. There's no question. I'm not by no way am I absolving AD here. But yeah, he can't score ten points against a team that is especially missing Derek Lively in the middle. He's got to go nuts. And some of that's on the Lakers. Some of that's on the coaching staff. Some of that's on AD. There's plenty of blame to go around there. But yes, in this matchup, they were look the Mavs were committing extra defenders to AD. But, I mean, it goes back to this. If Joel Embiid is in this game, if Jokic is in this game, it th- these guys are not only leaving the game with 10 points. Right <laughs> now, those offenses run differently. They run specifically through those guys and everything like that. We're not exactly comparing apples to apples, but the bottom line is that the the dominant big men are going to get more involved. So, again, that's... There's no reason why Anthony Davis shouldn't have more looks inside. And then when they finally tried to get on the ball, it was a forced pass at the end that shouldn't have been thrown, especially when Kyrie Irving was the defender on LeBron. Yes. Um, yeah, that one was tough. That That's why I said I feel like, you know, going back to the, the top comment or question about the whole, you know, last couple plays for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That's why I wasn't super upset with the timeout or no timeout, I should say. Um, LeBron had the mismatch on Kyrie. I thought. You know, if there's ever going to be an ISO situation, that's the one you want to take instead of forcing the past AD, which is why I think it's fatigue related. Um, as for AD, you know, this is the tough part with him, right? This is always going to be the discourse is after every game, we'll call him a top five player potentially mm-hmm. and has all the talent in the world to be like an MVP, what have, what have you. But then there are nights like tonight where you just kind of wonder where is he on the floor? Like, I know he had like a few dunks in the first quarter, but then after that kind of just disappeared again. Um yeah. And look, in a game where the Lakers only lose by three points and your second best player um, is not really doing much offensively, it's it's going to sting. And obviously, like, I love Anthony Davis. Like, obviously, I'm not trading him for just, like, pennies on the dollar. But also, you just can't have this from who was supposed to be your future face of the franchise. So, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Um, Austin Reeves got going yeah. late. He got fired up. 7 of 14 shooting, only 1 of 5 from 3, but 6 boards, 6 assists. 17 yeah. points. He he started to look like last year's Austin Reeves, getting into the paint, the little pull-ups, uh, getting defenders in the air, doing all that. That was great to see out of Austin. And uh, and he was a big part of this comeback. He kind of reminded me a little bit of like maybe 80% of Austin versus Memphis in game one. Like mm-hmm. he was making those kind of plays again. And so that was fantastic to see. He was a big part of this fourth quarter comeback as, as well. So we got to make sure we give him some credit for, I think, having a – a really good, especially closing kick here in this game. Yeah, he was going to be my uh, star in your role slash game ball player for today. Okay. But, um, spoiler alert. Well, um, let me, I guess let's, because if we're going to do that, we'll get to that in just a minute then. But who's who's this? Superstar of the night. <laughs> AD 
10. And that's, I mean, 13 boards, four assists, that, that's great. But 10 points. I mean, LeBron, nine for 19, that's fine. Four for nine from three. Yes, all day, please. Uh, nine boards, seven assists, okay. 26 points, okay. But the critical turnover down the stretch, missing two free throws in crunch time. And uh, frankly, he didn't play defense with any kind of energy for until the fourth quarter. And again, it's the second night of a back-to-back, so I'm not saying there's not reason here. But who who the hell do we give this award to? Matt, yeah, what do we a, do here? It's a tough one for losses, right? Um, right? I mean, I mean, look, if we have to abide by the rules, then I think it has to go to LeBron just because most of his points did come in the fourth quarter, and that's what fueled the Lakers' comeback, which great. Um, but, I mean, I agree with all of it. I thought LeBron had a really subpar game by his standards, which is crazy. Like this dude's 38, year 21. He puts up 26, 9, and 7, and we're saying he had a bad game. Right. Uh, the bar is just so incredibly high for him. But, you know, you kind of have to call it like when you see it. And in this case, you know, I think the two way effort was just not there tonight. So it's like a reluctant, I think you have to pick LeBron. But I mean, if you wanted to vacate this award for tonight, I also would not disagree. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel right giving it to LeBron because even though the stat line turned out just fine, I don't think he was the energy level was not there. And again, there's reason to it for oh. the reason for it. Second night of a back-to-back. And I think, you know what, maybe, maybe this is something that we should consider. This is twice now where the Lakers have won the first leg of a back-to-back in blowout fashion. And we've said, okay, this means, hey, this is great. LeBron got to rest more than we expected. Maybe he'll have some energy in the second night. It hasn't happened. I think the process of ramping up to play a game and playing, even if it's 24 minutes instead of 34, LeBron is still recovering the next night, which again, given his age, is not is that, that shouldn't be a surprise nonetheless. And, right? I mean, LeBron is superhuman sometimes, but... I don't think even if you get a blowout win, we can hope that LeBron has energy for the second night of a back-to-back anymore. Well, I think the more curious question is what happened to Anthony Davis because he also sat out the fourth quarter yesterday and yeah. only played 29 minutes. I don't think we're using the same sort of logic with him as we are with LeBron. Like, And sure. let me back up by saying we don't give LeBron a pass either, but it's more understandable. It's just, again, like going back to the AD conversation, it's just more so like on a second end of a back-to-back in a game where, you know, you have a clear advantage in the paint and a size advantage um, and you need your other superstar to step up and you don't, that's that's a little bit more concerning than, you know, LeBron James not being able to ramp up after, you know, a back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tyler says, must win game Saturday versus a bad Cavs team. Can't believe we blew this at the end after that comeback could hurt us long-term. Yeah, absolutely. In March, in April, we could be looking back at this game saying, remember that one? Just like we were with the um, with the Indiana three at the buzzer, with the Mavs three, the Maxi Kleba three at the buzzer last yeah. year. That This could 100% come back to haunt you. Um, but I will say, Saturday versus a bad Cavs team, the Cavs are not bad. Bad, yeah. Cavs are good. The Cavs just beat Philly last night. Mm-hmm. That is not an easy game at all. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's if you're looking at the standings and saying it's because they're the eighth seed, I get it. But I mean, after tonight, the Lakers are the seventh seed. So, yeah, yeah. I look. I, I think. I think after every loss, I think fans are tempted to call every game like that a must win. 
Uh Um, But, I mean, I think there just aren't a lot of gimmies this season. And so, given how the Lakers are currently playing and being shorthanded, we should also talk about, you know, not having a Cam or a Vando to guard Luka tonight at some point. Um, Yeah, it's going to be tough for the Lakers. Like, it's... I obviously would like them to to respond the right way and bounce back. I mean, LeBron loves playing Cleveland, so that's true. hopefully that's a thing, and they get two days of rest, which is which is great too. So um, I'm expecting a better game for them on Saturday. But just as for tonight, though, goes like yeah, it's 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 really disappointing for them not to come up with with the win, especially after they fought so hard to come back into this game. But I guess like if you zoom out a little bit, like it's we were just talking earlier about them. We don't want them to lose by 20 points. So, you mean, you would probably take this alternative over this one. But, again, the results just suck. So, that that's where yeah. we're at right now. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It's it, not fun. Not fun when you lose a game when you got your hopes up that you were going to maybe win it. Um, so, let's let's talk a little bit about, about this, too. You mentioned Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. There good news there. There was a good update for anybody who didn't hear yet. Yep. Positive update here on Cam Reddish. Darvin Ham revealed before the game that – the imaging on Cam Reddish's groin injury showed that it is not serious. Not a serious injury. They were worried that it was something that was going to keep him out long-term. That's not what it is. So some really good news there. He still had soreness, so was not able to play in this game. But he is day-to-day. He is not going to miss a significant amount of time with this injury. So perhaps a bullet dodge there. Jared Vanderbilt. Last we heard, this was last night, Jared Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt had not... Uh, taking contact in practice. He had practiced, but not gone through a full contact practice just yet. That means he's on the doorstep of returning. He's got a couple of hurdles left to clear. Maybe we see him uh, in Cleveland on Saturday. That is certainly possible. So good news there on Cam Reddish. No update yet on Gabe Vincent. Still waiting on uh, a reevaluation that should be coming within the next week or so. And then Jared Vanderbilt should be soon. Okay, should be soon. Remember, it takes a little while for him to ramp up. But so far, that's all, I think, pretty positive news on the injury front here for the Lakers. Yes, though, in this game, you can only imagine how different the Lakers' defensive schemes would have been had they had Jared Vanderbilt and Cam Reddish. Those are your, that's, that's option 1A and 1B to defend Luka. Those are your two guys that are probably spending, if Luka plays 38 minutes, those two guys are probably spending 35 minutes guarding him. And neither one was available. That definitely hurt them in this game. But the good news is both guys should be back soon. Yeah, I, I, this is why I wanted to talk about it. Because, you know, when we're, ta- when we're talking about the Lakers-Mavs matchups from last season, Vanderbilt spent a lot of time on Luka. And I think he bothered him a lot with his length and lateral quickness. Um, obviously, I think Torian Prince did an okay job when he got matched up with Luka. And then Max had a few possessions against Kyrie that I liked. But mm-hmm. Um, I think when you miss both those guys, it, it makes it tougher because you don't have a lot of depth behind those two to to defend the, the Maverick superstars, right? Um, like, you know, just spitballing. I think what you could have seen tonight if everyone was healthy was obviously Vando and Luka, and you probably would have seen Cam Reddish on Kyrie. I think that would have been more in favor of the Lakers defensively versus what they had tonight. So, again, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I do think that, you know, if these two teams meet again and they're both at full health, I think the Lakers have more of an advantage defensively that time around. But tonight is just, you know, you got to make do with what you have. Uh, Mario said, Master Lock, both Hayes and LeBron for missing oh. four crucial free throws. Now, yeah, you lose a game by three and you missed four free throws in a, in a row. Oh, and there was a all or three of them would have won the game or sent it to OT. Yep. There was the turnover sandwiched in there, too. That's right. 
Yeah. Just yeah, that was that's, brutal. That's why I put in the title that the Lakers fumbled it away because that's exactly what they did. They were who was who was it? Um in the NFL. Um was it was like it caught a about? caught a long bomb? Uh speedy guy, I want to say Jackson. MBS. No, well, MVS dropped it, but but caught a long bomb running towards the end zone and dropped the ball right before go stepping over into the end zone. Had thought he crossed the plane and didn't, and just dropped it. Oh, that was you a know what I'm seasons. talking about? Yeah, it was yeah, a while yeah, yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, like got to the one yard line and decided to just fumble the ball in the end. Zone. Right, yep. because he was trying to be fancy and like drop it right as he crossed the line or whatever, and he dropped it a little before, and it was a fumble. Um, I'm sure the chat will remind me of of who it was. But uh, Deshaun Jackson, there it is. I knew it was. I was going to say Jackson. it's probably Deshaun Jackson. Sounds yeah. like something he would do. <laughs> so that's that. That's kind of what the Lakers did in this one. You came all the way back, and then you got to the one, and you dropped the ball. Someone brought up Daniel Jones. Do you remember his uh like seventy yards? Oh and God! Just, and then he tripped over his own two feet. Yep, trips over himself. I think that's more accurate. I think that's more accurate. <laughs> that is more accurate. That's even better. Well done. Well done to oh. to the guy who said Daniel Jones. Oh, oh, oh do you see that. this, Matt? That is so... <laughs> that is perfect. Of course you would know this. He has a picture. I'm assuming it's his arm. This <laughs> user on YouTube, he has his forearm with a giant's tattoo on it. Oh, man. Of New course York. you would know it was Daniel Jones that did that. And that is more accurate. Well done. And I'm sorry that um, that that is probably a painful memory for man, you. Man, New York football fans are in hell right now. Right? Oh, man. Brutal stuff. Brutal stuff. Oh, here's from inside the building. Richard said he was at the game. Zero energy in the building. Team was absolutely lifeless. Yeah, felt like it. Yeah. I mean, the the crowd didn't really have anything to cheer for for much of this game. It felt like the Lakers food coma themselves. Like they ate a bunch of turkey and stuffing and all that stuff right before the game and took a nap right in the middle of it. Is that what happened? That's what that's what they did. I don't know, man. It felt they looked like me playing, trying to play fives after eating, man. So <laughs> maybe that was that was the problem. Troy said LeBron cost us this game, master lock for sure. This one's tough because he leads the comeback, but also like messes up at the end. It's like yeah. it. Oh, I don't want to evoke his name, but he who shall not be named sounds a lot like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. Bronze face reality, bronze stupid careless turnovers getting frustrating. Agree. Yeah, I mean, there's there's things that you have to that you just kind of accept with LeBron. Like, okay, I know he's not gonna put in a ton of defensive energy on the second night of back to back, but you're getting way more positive than you are negative overall of the course of a season from LeBron. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it, it can still be frustrating. Uh Bella's event center said as a Braun fan, he deserves the master lock tonight. Two terrible decisions in the clutch to fumble the game. It's a tough one, man. Like you don't get there without LeBron, but then he also costs you the game. Like yes, it's hard to parse that one out. <laughs> how about at the beginning of the game? How many shots LeBron missed right at the rim? That was weird too. I mean, one of them got called for an offensive goaltend because AD apparently tipped it, um, and then the other two, yeah, just. It, I mean, it, it's been it's kind of a trend if you've noticed the past couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Like he just does not finish around the rim quite as effectively um, as he did in his younger days, obviously, but. It's still jarring when he misses like late when he has like a lane to the basket and he has like a clean look at a layup and he just like it's either short or just overshoots it. It's just weird. It seemed like uh, Grant Williams upset him. 
Oh yeah. Early. And then, and then LeBron put his head down and said, all right, fine. I'm going, I'm going to the basket then. And I, and my initial thought was awesome. Let's go. LeBron is being aggressive. He's attacking. Great. And then he would miss. It was weird. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Uh, the LeBron James of feet said, put the LeBron James of master locks on that La three. That was definitely a no, 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 no three when he when he took that one yeah dude i know lebron loves to hit the big play like it's like the crowd pleaser slash get everyone going kind of play but man those are just Uh so like tough to hit like i think any basket in that scenario would have sufficed but i mean i think i tweeted this out to you i was like lebron loves to throw the haymaker when it's not necessarily there yeah but i mean to his defense he he's been shooting the three really well this season sure by the way i i thought that the buzzer beater. I thought that was in. It was it looked, straight. It looked, I thought it looked it, I thought pretty it was decent. Yeah, it looked pretty decent. Let's see. We've got this one said, "How does Ham not call a timeout at the end?" Yeah, we kind yeah, of I mean, addressed this one. Where, where, where do you fall on that? About? I I probably when so they cross half court and then at one point I think LeBron turned and had his back to the basket or maybe it was Austin. Anyway, somebody turned and had their back to the basket with the ball and and that was where I would have called the timeout because it didn't feel like anything was going to get created. But then you got Kyrie on LeBron. And I get I buy Darvin Ham saying he didn't want the Mavs to be able to put their best defenders in. Okay. And then you got the matchup that you wanted. So I can't fault him. That was to me that was on LeBron for saying, "Oh, Kyrie's defending me." No, let me try and force a lob to AD with two defenders on him. Like that's where LeBron needs to go. Oh, Kyrie's on me. Cool. And just go. Go to the basket. Yeah, I think I think we would have been happier. Not maybe not happier, but we would have understood more if he forced a shot over Kyrie versus forcing a pass to AD in that situation. Yeah. Let's see. We've got uh I swear our execution of the clutch is baffling baffling. And it's Braun and AD who are the ones who sell most of the time. Why did Braun shoot a three on that switch with Kyrie and do a stupid pass to AD. Come on. Yeah, those are the mistakes. Those are mistakes. No question. Fatigue is a real factor late in games. Good guy. Would you rather lose a close one or lose by 30? Close. Definitely it hurts close more, one. but it means your team is better. Yeah, it's uh wow. We got two for one relationship analogies on this stream, Trevor. It's uh you know you you love someone super hard in a relationship and you break up and it sucks. But losing by thirty is like a really cute girl that you go on one date with and she says I'm not interested. It's like, which one would you rather have here? Ooh, that's a good one. Well done. I'm you're, I'm you're living up to it. I am. Chriso said respectfully, I never and I mean ever want to see Christie hit the floor for the Lakers again unless we're up by thirty. Okay, so. Let's talk about that. You had Cam Reddish is out, and he's been playing great basketball. Loved what we've seen from him. Um, but he goes out. Darvin Ham, we had talked about this on the show last night, that, well, okay, makes the most sense you know, to go with Rui. Start Rui. Torian Prince goes to the two. Off you go. Darvin says, no, I'm going to start Max Christie instead. And sometimes we see t- uh, coaches do this. They take, rather than take somebody from their second unit and move them into the first unit, and then you've got a different first unit and a different second unit, you keep the second unit intact by taking a guy from the third string and moving them up to the starting lineup. That's the, the what Darvin Ham chose to do. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that decision? Um, Let's see. 
I mean, I understand, you know, trying to replicate the same starting lineup because Christie and Cam play similar roles. Um, so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the decision personally. It's just more so like, it's just one of those things where it didn't work out in the Lakers' favor. I mean, I didn't think Matt Christie played like a terrible game by any stretch, but mm -hmm. you know, he's just, you know, I can't believe we're saying this, but like, he just hasn't been as good as Cam this season. So, yeah, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, Max Christie finished three for seven shooting, one of four from three two rebounds, played 23 minutes. When you saw his matchup was was with Kyrie, you knew, oh, that, you knew he was that, going at him. Things were going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you just knew. Yeah. Like, he you had a couple knew. solid possessions, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like in, it's like in the movies when, like, the young protege thinks they're ready for the big challenge against the, uh, against the big bad and just gets beaten down and it becomes like a moment of inspiration for the hero to go and try to seek revenge and all that sort of it was like that type of situation here max christie you just knew you guys the audience you knew it was not going to go well with him trying to defend Kyrie. yep um well this begins uh max christie's uh hero journey story trevor i guess it does i guess it does all right Let's let's do this because you mentioned that you wanted to get into this one. Star in your role. Star in your role. Who was it? Yeah, I think you had you said you had Austin Reeves for this. Yeah, so I, I'm sure you're gonna take the other person I'm thinking of. So I'm I'm okay leaving him off right now. But I mean, I just thought Austin was kind of the spark plug in the second half here. Um I think that you know he's kind of thrived in this bench role and I think it was good to see him take over the offense late um, we're seeing more flashes of what he did in the playoffs and so I think it was good to see him you know really contribute to this comeback him and LeBron in the fourth quarter specifically so um, I wanted to give him his props um, I know some people I think there's been a little bit more Reeves hate than I'm used to and I think it's because the expectations for him have come up a mm -hmm. lot um, obviously he had the rough start to the season and I think people are still kind of thinking about that, but I think now that because Reeves is under a microscope a lot more, um, people are expecting more from him and they expect him to be like a third star basically every night. So, um, I want to highlight Reeves when I can and make sure that he's getting his flowers when he does play well. And I thought that was tonight. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Even a, even a hater, based on their username, said Austin Reeves was sen- sensational. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. No, I Austin Reeves would also be my pick. Um, but since you took Austin, I needed to mention Torian Prince. My guy. That's Played right. 36 minutes. Yep. Two of five from three. So that's that's 40% people. Torian Prince was 0 for 8 in the previous two games. Was shooting 20%. No, I think it was less than that. I want to say it was like 18%. For the month of November from three, this is a guy who is a good three-point shooter, couldn't hit them, and had a few bad mistakes in this game still. Yep. But that nonetheless, kid's face is still bruised. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, that poor kid. Um, six for ten. The ball like ricocheted and hit a kid in the in the stands. Um, Tory Prince, though, six for ten shooting, six boards, two assists, 14 points in a game where I was so frustrated with this Lakers team through three quarters where the ball, the 50-50 ball bouncing around, oh they were God. not getting what felt like any of them. The Mavs were beating them to all of these. Torian Prince, a couple of times late in the game when they really needed it, he was the guy to get his hands on the ball and control it, hit some big shots, um, and good to see. I hope this is a confidence builder for Prince because I think it was getting to him, missing these wide open threes all month. So hopefully we see a resurgence here from Torian Prince. We know he's a better three-point shooter than what he's shown over the past three weeks or so, and that this is just a slump. But you need something to spark that that slump to to end, and I'm hoping that this game does that. Yeah, see, I I really wanted to highlight Torian. I just thought, you know, Reeves' impact was a little bit more noticeable. But, mm-hmm. man, that dude has been getting bullied all across the internet for the <laughs> this past season. Yeah. Um, and like even the mentions were were really in on Torian Prince today since I was tweeting for the Lakers Nation account tonight. But um, I was happy to see him have a sort of quote unquote breakout game. I mean, I think you even saw it. He had that runner late in the fourth quarter when he didn't really yes. know what to do with the ball, so he just throws it up and then they call timeout. And you can see on his face, he like it's like relief. It's like oh, like the ball went in the basket finally. Like I think for a player like him, it's it's really good you know, to have this sort of game, even though it came in a loss. Um, I'm hoping that it's a confidence builder, like you said. Um, look, I don't think you're going to get this sort of game from him every single night, but just for him to make some open shots and and some plays on the floor, I think is going to do this Lakers team some wonders. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he is, look, he's part of the reason why we talked about this team's wing depth. And having him playing like his normal self would be would be huge. Buck said, young players are just naive enough to not feel pressure, but just dumb enough to cost you the game. Austin Reeves. So Austin mentioned after the game, he said what's going to really bother him is the Kyrie three that he hit to go up one. I made the dumb decision and dropped a little too far. LeBron was getting on Austin for that. Afterwards, he dropped into the paint too far. 
yeah. uh, when Luca had the ball and it allowed the kick out to Kyrie and the wide open three. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a bad defensive mistake. It was just a, he misread the situation. And again, you're not in the situation without Austin because I thought he was great uh, in the fourth quarter, especially hitting some really tough and big shots. But yeah, it was it was definitely a defensive mistake and. Unfortunately, we saw the same thing against the Mavs last year. It was a defensive mistake. I don't think it was Austin's defensive mistake, but it was an, a defensive mistake last year that led to the wide open three for Kleba. Um, and that was, you know, another just mental error there that led to an open three for Kyrie. Wasn't the Kleba three preceded by like 80 fouling a three point shooter? I can't remember yep. now. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. But yeah, no, I mean, props to Austin for taking some accountability there. I did notice that on in, in like live too. I was wondering why Kyrie had like a little bit more space than normal in that situation. And, yeah. you know, going back and looking at that play, I did see Austin sunk a little bit too far. So um, again, that one, that one's tough. I mean, obviously kudos to Kyrie. That's still a tough shot to hit, especially in that moment. But we've been accustomed to seeing him do that. And yeah, it made us pay for it. CPC said, Braun lost this game. Why shoot a three up two? I knew we was losing. Yeah. I mean, he tried to go for the the, the dagger. The, the jugular. Yeah. Yeah. And, and didn't hit it. Look, he makes that shot. And everybody's saying LeBron's the greatest. You know, I mean, that's it's the high-risk maneuver. Uh, Malachi said, good effort and glad to see the Optimus back in action. Optimus Prime. I'm trying to morph. Op Optimism Prime himself. Appreciate you, my brother. Big night for AD. Ron says sarcastically i'm assuming i would hope yeah. so bruh bruh said why does lebron even play back-to-backs if he's just going to phone it in on defense for the third quarters uh through for three quarters people praise it for fake comebacks but don't acknowledge the fault he has so what do you what do you do otherwise like that play that's him like question. play him like 10 minutes total for the first three quarters and then just play him the entire fourth because, you know, that's when he's going to turn it on. Is that the better alternative? I don't know, man. I just, this is like a conundrum, right? It's like if, if LeBron starts sitting back-to-backs, he's going to get grief from people for not wanting to play in back-to-backs. And then if he throws up a yep. stinker in a back-to-back, -back, people are going to be like, why did he play it? <laughs> it oh, it, yeah. I mean, it, same thing with AD, right? If he plays at less than 100%, people are going to say, why is AD not playing well? Why is he terrible? And then if he doesn't play, people are going to call him all kinds of things. They're going to say glass and all that. Yeah, it's look, you want LeBron to play well all the time. And this is by no means us giving him a pass. But I mean, look, this is why I said it's kind of hard to parse out, right? Like, yes, LeBron deserves some blame for this game, for sure. Like, obviously, the late game turnovers and even the first half of the game really were in him. He's just kind of floating. But the Lakers also don't get to a point where they have a lead late in the fourth quarter without him. So you kind of just have to live with with him making mistakes like no player is going to be perfect, not even LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Re said NBA did us bad in December. Three back-to-backs. Why does Ham take Braun and AD out at the same time? Fumble this game. Why was Kyrie open on the three? So we talked about Kyrie being open, but uh, the back-to-back, look, the Lakers have, they're one of a handful of teams that have 15 back-to-backs this year. I believe it's 15. I could be wrong. Maybe it's 13. Anyway, they're, they are, they have, they're at the top of the NBA in terms of back-to-backs. They're right up there. With, uh, there may be one team that has one more back-to-back -back than them, but they have a very rough schedule this year. The schedule makers did them no favors. A lot of back-to-backs. We're seeing more of this situation, though. Typically, back-to-backs 
we see on the road because they're trying to limit the amount of travel teams are, are undergoing or how long teams are on the road for. So, but to me, those are way worse, a road back-to-back because then you're, you know, you play a game, then you jump on a plane, you get in at like four in the morning and then you go play another game like 15 hours later. That to me sounds like the stuff of nightmares, but a home back-to-back, which we've seen for the Lakers, is at least, I think, a little bit more realistic. Or at least you're at home. You get to sleep in your own bed and all that, not travel overnight. But still, the schedule makers, yeah, they they did the Lakers no favors this season. There's no question. So many back-to-backs. It's, uh, it's brutal. Yep. It's the cost of being the best franchise in the NBA, unfortunately. That's, that's certainly part of it. That's part of it. And now, why does Ham take Braun and AD out at the same time? See, that's what I thought was confusing. That was that stretch from like the, I think like at the end of the first quarter, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's been doing that lately. He's been doing that consistently. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a little odd. Um. I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't really have an answer for that one. That one does. That's. I think when the Mavs started to kind of catch some fire too in the first quarter, so not great. Uh, Gabriel D'Lo. No, oh, it's a it's a trade. Oh, yay, my favorite. D'Lo, Jalen Huchifino, Jackson Hayes, and a first from Mikhail Bridges. And is that Dennis Smith Jr.? No, isn't that supposed to be? Um, is that not Dorian Finney Smith? Is that supposed to be Dennis Smith Jr.? Is that supposed to be Dorian uh, Finney Smith? Maybe I don't. Well, let me see. Oh, I gotta go check the next. You're, you're looking it up. Okay, you've got it. Um, so here's the problem. We heard last year that the Nets wanted... It is, like, it is Dennis Smith Jr., by the it way. It is Dennis Smith Jr. Okay. So we heard last year that the Nets wanted a ton of firsts from Mikhail Bridges. We're talking oh, like... Yeah. Think of, what was it? Three? Four? Three or four. Yeah. Something like that, right? I wouldn't imagine that's necessarily changed. Now, you can say JHS is a first, right? But he hasn't played well, so some teams may look at him and say, well, we wouldn't give a first for him now. Maybe he comes back and he plays and he plays well and he changes that. But I, the Nets aren't doing that. Let, let's just start there. The Nets aren't doing that. Yeah, we got to get Sean Marks like absolutely plastered for him to say yes, yes. to that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And maybe and even then like, Joe Sy vetoes it. <laughs> oh, right? man. I, look, hey, if, if, if the Nets come calling... And they offer us that. I'm hitting yes, obviously, but let's. I'm. We're being realistic here. That's just never yeah. happening, right? Um, yeah, they're not doing that. They wouldn't do it. Ambiguous said, "I love the fact that we fight till the end, but the last minute was executed horribly. And for the last shot, can we stop having AR be the inbounder? He should be taking the shot, like and sub for our pain, guys. Yeah, that's a great point at the end there. Make sure if you haven't done so yet, like <laughs> this video on the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe." If you're, if you're here with us, you're fighting through the pain, you might as well subscribe because you're a real one if you're here after that game. But but let me just say this. I thought when Austin was inbounding the ball. Is going to come back know, to him? Yep. I thought inbounders most dangerous man on the floor. Yeah. I drew up a number of plays where the ball got back to the inbounder when I was coaching, where the ball got back to the inbounder, and they tended to work pretty well. Um I thought the ball may get kicked right back to Austin Reeves, and that, but that is not what they drew up. I didn't even look to see if he was even open for that, but that's what I thought was was going to happen, and then it did not. Yeah, I don't know if I, because if I remember correctly, there's like 2.8 seconds left on the clock, I think. I don't know if they would have had enough time for it, but 
um typically yes that 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 logic does stand is that generally speaking the inbounder is the most dangerous person in an inbounds play like mm -hmm. that um yeah look i mean that would have been cool too i mean all things considered lebron's look wasn't absolutely terrible tough shot for sure like fading away from the corner but i mean we talked about it earlier it looked pretty good so um yeah this one this one's just gonna sting for a little bit because we got all our hopes up and it fell flat Jay Delgado, from all the people, Austin Reeves allows Kyrie an open three. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Definitely unfortunate. Uh, Ace of Hearts turned on the game in the late fourth. How does AD only have 10 points against the Mavs? Did they scheme well? Lack of aggressive aggression. Um, a little bit of lack of... I thought the Lakers didn't scheme well enough to get AD the ball. You know, Trevor, do you know what we're going to hear? At some what? point, we're going to hear Darvin Ham and the coaching. He's going to hear Darvin probably say something along the lines of, we've got to be better as a coaching staff. We'll scheme up more plays, put them in better positions and spots. And then we'll let Anthony Davis say, I've got to be better. I got to be more aggressive. Mm -hmm. End of story. Something like yep. that. It's the yep. same quotes after it's gonna be the same games. Stuff. Yeah. Same, same thing, different day. Same thing, different day. That's a very G rated way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We have to. It's a family-friendly family show. show. We're a family-friendly right. show. Let's get to this because I know we're, it's getting late here. Sean Davis's show, the post-post game show, is going to start up in just a bit. But let's let's continue our venting. Let's get to the master lock of the night. For anybody who's new, the way this works, we take whatever is the most frustrating thing from this game and we put it put it in our buddy Chris, the masterpiece masters, finishing hold, professional wrestler, the master lock. Here we go. Master lock of the night. Chat, fire away. What do you want to put in the master lock from this one? By the way, if you do become a, a Lakers Nation YouTube channel member, not a channel membership, you get a special emoji to use for the master lock. In addition to shows, you get uh, input into our content, all kinds of things. You get to jump on. We do special member-only live shows. We actually get to come on stage with us. Fun stuff. So come check it out. But um, I've got people saying turnovers. Mm, people one. saying rebounding. Yep. Energy. Free throws. All kinds of stuff. Uh, Matt, what are you going with? Um, let's see. I've got two. Um, okay. One funny one and one serious one. Um, I think you can kind of tell from the tenor of when I've talked about him tonight, but I think it's definitely Anthony Davis for me personally. Uh -huh. uh, this one sucks because I feel like I've defended AD a bunch since he's gotten traded to Los Angeles. But tonight was just one of those games where I'm like, bro, you can't keep saying you want to be like the leader of this team, like the future face of the franchise, all this other stuff, and then come out and do this. Like, that's just not like... Like, I get it. Like, superstars are going to have rough nights. But when LeBron James is doing what he's doing and you're not pulling your own weight, I think it, it, it's just really tough for the Lakers to win these games. Like, there's a reason every single, like, playoff series, game, whatever, the key is always Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. um, there needs to come a point where Anthony Davis is a constant and not, like, the X factor. That's that's where I'm at on him at this point. Um, I, I, that's, that's well said. That's well right? said. Right? Like... It, he can't be the person we're leaning on. We can't be like guessing what kind of Anthony Davis we're going to get. Like, we just need to know we're going to get the top five two-way monster every single game. Like, that that should be the Anthony Davis we should expect. So that's my serious answer, um, especially in a game where he had a clear advantage basically the entire night. 
that was rough. Did, Ma- did Dylan Brooks play Master Lock him? I I don't know, but he can definitely catch these hands too. <laughs> Even if he didn't play, just just Master Lock him. Um, um the funny one no. though, um just for some levity's sake, um I'm going to say Luka Doncic's mustache cuz bro, that does not look good on you. Please shave it. Ryan was on playback and, and Ryan said uh he looked like a trucker. He looked like Joe Dirt without right? the mullet. I love Luca, but please, dude, shave that. Also, come to the Lakers in like two years. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, okay, so your master lock was a good one. I think it was a good point, too, on Anthony Davis that it can't be the cherry on top, him having a, a, a solid scoring night. It can't be. It, it's got to be more of a consistent thing. It's got to be. It can't just be, oh, hey, great. We got to look at this is found money or something. Like if you get 20 points out of Torian Prince. Oh, yeah. That's that's your hey fantastic we'll, we'll take yeah. it right it yep. can't be that way with ad 20 points has got to be the floor and it just hasn't been he's averaging 22 points trevor like that's that's what you should expect yeah yeah that's that's not unreasonable at all but i'm gonna say for my for my master lock and the, the chat has a lot of things on here but i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with free throws that was rough. you gotta make you know four free throws to miss four free throws in a row down the stretch is absolutely brutal that was if I had to pick anything, you know, my, my biggest frustration about the game was giving up the offensive rebounds they did. It was the lack of energy, the effort, and all that kind of stuff. But if I want to home in on just one thing, man, I mean, in a game you lost by three, it just you just knew the basketball gods were not going to forgive you for missing four free throws. Like, as soon as they did that, in my head, I went, oh, my God, they're going to lose by three because of the because you just can't do that. You can't miss four free throws in a row in that close of a game and they did it and the basketball god said we're going to teach you a lesson and we're going to have you lose this game by three yeah i mean like look um in a comeback situation like that you have to be absolutely perfect on the margins and as soon as lakers i mean honestly i thought as soon as jackson hayes missed the two free throws i was like damn it there goes like all the momentum and then turnover and then lebron gets gimpy and then or he gets hurt i should say and then misses two free throws and i'm like yeah that was probably the turning point of that game yeah yeah I believe it was. I believe it was. The Lakers had momentum up to that point, but ouch. All right, let's see what else. We'll do a couple more, and then uh, we're going to go over to the post-post game show with Sean Davis. He'll break down some of the X's and O's and everything that we saw in this one. Uh, let's go. I could be surfing said, I would say we are three and five against good teams up and down so far. Not a real playoff team, to be honest, at this point. I mean, technically, they are a playoff team right now in the Western Conference. The, what are they? They're nine and seven right now. Is that right? They're they're a playing team right now, but yes, right. But I mean, how do you feel right now about this team overall? We're sixteen games in. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a very big like shrug to me right now. Like it. It still feels like they're pacing themselves this early on in this season, and I think it's to be expected. But yes. also, it's just like annoying because. You were hoping that the urgency from the second half of last season would carry into this season. Um, I know the injuries have sucked, but that's mm-hmm. use like it's just not. So to me, like they're underwhelming. I'm glad they're above 500 for sure. Like things could definitely be a lot worse right now, but also they're just not playing up to their potential right now. And that's that's the part that's like irking me. So it, it's not all roses, but it's definitely you know it it's, it feels like growing pains. That's that's the best way for me to put it. Yeah, I, I I think I need the um 
I, I, I knew they weren't going to have the focus from the, the, the post-All-Star break. That was a sprint, and you can't mm-hmm. sprint an entire season. But I, I think you we the jury is still out on what this team really is. People look at this team and say they are not a, they're not a championship team, right? Or I saw a lot of people saying they're terrible. We don't, I don't think we have a good sense of exactly what they are or aren't just yet. Do you they know, look like, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut in. I was just going to no, ask you. Um, I know caveat being that they're not healthy completely, but what would you say the identity of this team is right now? I, that's, that's the other thing. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I think that they've become a better, they've become a good transition defense team, but that's at the complete sacrifice of offensive rebounds. They haven't been pursuing those, but at least that's become one of their their hallmarks. They haven't been a good three-point shooting team. I think they are better than what they've shown, but they haven't been a good three-point shooting team. I, I think so far, the identity of this team is they'll go where LeBron takes them. That's and that was exactly, not- exactly what I was going to say. And that, and that was not supposed to be the identity of this team. This team was supposed to be a team that had the wing depth, that had the players, the personnel to be able to withstand the moments that LeBron is not playing. And so far, they haven't been able to do that. Now, does that change when they truly have a full team? Maybe. But if that does eventually become what they do, they're certainly not there yet. I, I think that this team looks like they are one, maybe two moves away instead of like a team that is ready to go for it. But again, we also have a long time till now in the in the playoffs, and I think this team can grow and click a lot if they actually have guys on the floor. Yeah, to me, they're they're just kind of like they're like clay or like play-doh right now. Like mm-hmm. this team can go in any number of directions, and I would not be surprised at this point. Because they've got the pieces to do it, which is, you know, a way better starting point than last season when you literally were trying to fit like square pegs into round holes the entire mm-hmm. first half of the year. Oh, so yeah. I mean that that was just you know like pulling teeth this year is just like not living up to expectations but i know the pieces are there to get something like they can make something nice so mm-hmm. that's why like i'm i'm in agreement like ultimately the jury's out but to me it's like it's still kind of a bummer because you know we were so high on this team coming into the season but we just haven't seen it yet so uh, maybe it's a little bit of impatience on our end because we're 16 games in but you know you zoom out a little bit there's still you know a really good ch- like there's still most of the season left right so yeah I, I'm trying to stay even keeled. It's just I think the emotions after tonight's game is just kind of clouding things a little bit. But I think, you know, once I have some sleep and some rest and, you know, a little it's bit of a turkey. break. Yeah, like a little bit of a break <laughs> from this, I'll, I'll probably come back and feel a lot better. But just as of right now, it, it's it's still very frustrating to see them trying to work through things and not get the results that we want. I'll tell you what I'm a little bit concerned about this early is um, if you can't take them too long to figure this out. Sure. Because you're putting so much on LeBron, I worry that that bill is going to become is going to come due towards the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think on LakersNation.com we we talked about a little bit how, you know, when everyone's fully healthy, fingers crossed, the the plan is still to limit LeBron's minutes in the regular season. Yeah, um, which you know, on its face, is a fine plan. It's just you know, given the injury luck so far, when will that happen? <laughs> so yeah so they've i think they need to figure that if they need to get their guys healthy because it could hurt them down the road big time if lebron is bearing this kind of burden now what does that look like in april what does that look like in may right that's that's something that i I think the team should be a little bit concerned about and again that that is maybe part of the reason why again we're not 
we're not into trade season yet. We've got a ways to go. Even when we hit December 15th, we're not in trade season. Teams typically don't make trades on December 15th. We, we need to get into January before yep. we're really getting into trade season. But I, I think that's where this team needs to take a serious look at whether or not they they need to make a move. Somebody else that can take a little bit of the burden off of LeBron. Can they find a way to do that without sacrificing too much depth? And we'll see what this team becomes between now and then. But if the goal was to have a healthy LeBron for the playoffs, the way this team's playing right now, while I think they can be good, is they're not accomplishing that goal right now. Right now, they are still very reliant on LeBron. Oh, yeah. No, they are taking out a lot of LeBron James loans right now. And yeah. the interest is going to rack up toward the end of the season for sure. Interest rates are high right now. I've they, they suck. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. There's the, the benefit, though, is if you if you if you save money in an interest bearing account, that's the that's the flip side of it. That's the positive. The downside is if you're trying to buy a house right now, oh my goodness. It is disgusting. I think it the is, last time I saw a house interest rate down here in Southern California is like four or five percent, dude. It's disgusting. Sorry, it was four a... or five percent? Yeah. Because they're at like eight right now. <laughs> ew, ew, ew. Yeah. Ew. It's it's even yeah. Yep. Ivan, the Lakers should just trade a first-round pick and Max Christie or JHS for Alex Caruso. So from what we've heard, the, the rumor was that the Lakers would prefer not to give up a first-round pick because they don't have many to give. They give up a 2029 first. That's it. Um, they would prefer not to do that. But they would be more trying to take, say, like Gabe Vincent's salary or something like that and trade that because Alex Caruso make, makes $9 million, Gabe makes eleven. And then like attach a young player to that to incentivize a trade. And that's that's more what they would be trying to do. So if it's a first round pick and a young player, then it gets kind of tough. But I do think Alex Caruso would be a great fit for this team. Oh, I mean, it only took uh no, I think we've been clamoring for him for a while. Um, yeah, no, Alex would be awesome on this team, would welcome in mm -hmm. open arms, and we could finally get the dream backcourt of Reeves and Alex Caruso. Oh my gosh, the internet would explode. The, yeah, dude. That would, oh man, um, the memes. Oh, Alex Crusoe and All Reeves next to LeBron. Could be nice. Could be nice. I do think that's why we need to root for Bulls losses, so that guys like Demar Derozan, Alex Caruso, they wind up out there on the trade market. All right. Well, you know what? This was a frustrating loss, but we'll be on to the next one. Do you have a question? You yes, Mister Lane. Yes, Mister yeah. Lane. Um, no, I just thought this was a rough loss. I think I was mm -hmm. going to ask this regardless, but because it's a rough loss, I think it would be nice to end the stream on a high note. And given that it's Thanksgiving where you are and almost Thanksgiving for me where I'm at, uh -huh. I thought it'd be nice to kind of close out the show and say, you know, what are you thankful for so far, Trevor? Lakers related or none otherwise? Well, so I, I am certainly thankful for my phenomenal coworkers, yourself included in that. Um, I'm thankful for all of you guys. I'm thankful for... Um, I'm thankful for everybody who's watching this show, who everybody who is uh, tuned in to the podcast version, to the, the video version over on the YouTube channel that allows us to do what we do. I'm absolutely thankful for all of you. This is, uh, again, none of this is possible without all of you guys to let us talk about what we love and let us do what we love. So certainly thankful for that. And I'll tell you what, I'm thankful for not being too intent to start the season. <laughs> I'm thankful for that because last season you compare this. Look, this is a frustrating night compared to last season, and my gosh, this is, this is much better. 
this, this is, is rainbows much better. No, I, I I think that's all well said. I just wanted to chime in real quick too. Um, I'm obviously Lakers related wise. I am grateful for a way better team to watch this year. Frustrating losses uh, regardless. It, I think it's fun to watch this team um, when they're on, they're on and that's awesome. Um, generally speaking, just like you, I am grateful for this opportunity to work for LakersNation.com to talk basketball with you, Trevor, Sean, the rest of the guys on the staff, as well as the fans. Um, you know, I had a really nice DM today saying, you know, that they appreciated the videos and work that we put out and that they look forward to all the content and that, yeah. you know, they really feel like they're learning the game and and they're enjoying it a lot more because of the things we say and do on these podcast streams, videos, what have you. And so um, it was a good reminder that it's um, what we do is is being taken and well received. And so I'm thankful for that opportunity, obviously thankful for obviously my my friends and family and their good health and um i'm grateful that we get to do this for the rest of the season and hopefully it results in the title trevor so a lot of things to be thankful for even on a rough night like today yeah absolutely good reminder to close things out sean davis's post post game show is coming up next but that's going to do it for us hope you guys have a fantastic thanksgiving stick around here sean's going to get into the x's and o's but for matt and i everybody have a happy thanksgiving see ya and stay safe this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done